Okay, let's get it. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad to have you aboard with us. Of course, you can catch me every weekday afternoon, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, Cox Sports Television for the TV simulcast, and, of course, right here on the Locked on LSU podcast. Baseball Tigers have a game today in Hoover. Basketball Tigers got a a commitment and a signing from a five-star power forward, and a football superstar wasn't with LSU anymore, and then he was. We'll get into all that here over the next 20 minutes or so. As always, you can hear us on the brand-new Himalaya podcast app. Podcasting, all about customization. Customize your podcast experience with the new Himalaya podcast app. Um, LSU, South Carolina, today from Hoover. I would love to give you a start time, but as we know, the SEC tournament very seldom runs on time. They schedule four games in a day, and they allocate three-hour windows, and very seldom to baseball games, especially at this level, ever last only three hours. And then in Hoover this time of year, you very often have weather delays, including fog delays as LSU and Florida were delayed um, in the sixth inning and like 10 o'clock at night, it happens. So uh, they are scheduled, uh, LSU and South Carolina, for 8 o'clock Central on Tuesday night. I w- would almost be willing to to bet my first grandchild that that game will not start at 8 o'clock, but we'll see how it goes. Um, LSU uh, is 85-42 uh, and 42 all-time in the SEC tournament. That's the best in the, in the conference, a 669 winning percentage. Uh, they've also won 12 SEC tournament titles. That's the best in the league. Uh, the next best, Alabama and Mississippi State, each have seven. So this has been the... Uh, nicknamed the the LSU Invitational or the Palmineri Invitational. LSU just goes to Hoover typically and plays very well. In large part, it's because LSU puts a great emphasis on this tournament. Maneri wants his team playing well in tournament play to get ready for, for regional play and super regionals and hopefully the College World Series. So they go over to Hoover, and they care deeply, and they want to win, and, um, and generally they do. Uh, challenge today is against South Carolina. We'll get to that in a second. But first and foremost, here's Paul Maneri on the pressure this team is facing going into Hoover. It's a lot of pressure, man. You're out there and you're like five, five and a half, six hour drive to play one game and turn around and go home. No, thank you. You know, let's let's win that first game so we can stay here for a while. Then you're guaranteed two more games. If we won and everybody else one that was supposed to win, we'd play Mississippi State and Vanderbilt in the next two games. Now, those are great RPI games, and if we're fortunate enough to have success, that would certainly give us a boost and enhance our chances. Enhance their chances, of course, of hosting a regional, and that's what LSU is aiming for this week in Hoover. Um, By all accounts, when projections come out this week, LSU is very likely going to be on the outside looking in as as a host, meaning they've got to go to Hoover and win at least today against South Carolina and probably one of those next two, as Paul Maneri said, against either Mississippi State or Vanderbilt. If you do that, then you will have boosted your RPI enough. Then you will have done, should have done enough to uh, to warrant being a regional host. But here's Paul Maneri talking about uh, chances that they host. Some people say that, you know, we, we're going to host anyway, but I wouldn't feel confident about that and I don't even know if one win will do it honestly um, the, the thing is I don't know if three wins will do it I, the selection committee has never been very transparent as you know and they they make their decisions behind closed doors and and the other thing that you have to remember it's not just what we do but what about all the other teams that are hosting candidates what do they do 
he is right in that respect, but all you can do is control what you can, and that's go win games. And, of course, the name brand of LSU carries a lot of weight. The fact that you play in the Southeastern Conference, the fact that you've got you know, road, a road series win against Mississippi State, you've got four road top ten wins already this season. Uh, the, there's just nobody that's going to be comparing resumes that's even close to what LSU can do. So, um at at this point, I really like where LSU is if they go get a win in Hoover. If they get two, that should absolutely lock it up. Helping tremendously is the fact that Cole Henry is going to be back for LSU. Uh, and Paul Maneri explained he will start today, uh, Tuesday, in game one against South Carolina. And this will be Cole Henry's first outing after missing four weekends. Of course, starting with the Alabama weekend, he missed Alabama, he missed Ole Miss, he missed Arkansas. And then this past weekend, of course, he did not pitch in, uh, against Auburn. So he's been out a month, and they're trying to work him back into uh, into form and hopefully graduate him through the next three weeks through postseason, hoping LSU plays that long. But here's Paul Maneri talking about uh, Cole Henry getting back on the bump tonight. And I feel real confident about what we're doing tomorrow night. I wanted Cole Henry to get, uh, get back out there before the NCAA tournament, if at all possible. And then... You know, the guys that we're going to pitch after him are going to be our our best bullpen guys that are available. And that makes a lot of sense. If you treat Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday like a three-game series, effectively it sets up with Cole Henry and then whole staff behind him. You follow with Eric Walker on Wednesday, provided you win tonight, Tuesday, and then Landon Marceau on, on uh, Thursday. And then those guys will revert to normal rest for the, the, uh, the regional the following weekend. So... Um, you like where LSU is tonight with Cole Henry and then any bullpen arm available because they're just better than South Carolina. This is a South Carolina team, quite honestly, that just isn't very good. Uh, they're 28-27 and 27 overall. They're just 8-22 and 22 in the SEC. Uh, LSU has won 16 of the last 25 against South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina did sweep LSU last year in Columbia, but then LSU, if you recall, beat South Carolina in the SEC tournament 6-4 to in a 12-inning game, and that became famous for the Todd Peterson uh, great relief performance and then banging a double off the wall. So uh, the two teams meet again for the first time since Todd Peterson in that stadium a year ago did damage and uh, hit nukes and hit bombs against South Carolina. But uh, South Carolina, it is worth noting, as rough of a season as they have had, uh, this is a team that did beat Mississippi State on the final day of the regular season to earn the final bid of the SEC tournament. Uh, they in Starkville beat Mississippi State ten to eight to to punch their ticket to Hoover. Um, but man, this is a team that is dead last in the SEC in batting average at two thirty six. Uh, as far as on the mound, they are dead last in the SEC in team ERA at five four five. The one thing they do well uh, is they hit homers. They've got 75 home runs on the season. That's the second highest total in the league. So if you're LSU today, the charge is easy. It is don't give up homers. I mean, it's it's that simple. If you keep the ball in the yard, South Carolina offensively isn't a good enough team to string together hits to beat you. But if you fill up the plate and and they hit the ball over the fence, you could have some tense moments in this ball game. But all things considered, it's, it should be a it should be a game where LSU is heavily favored. It should be a game where LSU wins. 
But in tournament play, anything can happen, and in baseball, anything can happen. So LSU will sweat it out tonight. But here's hoping Cole Henry pitches well, gets LSU into the double elimination portion of the tournament, and over the next two days they can beat either Mississippi State or Vanderbilt likely and um, uh, and punch a, a uh, their ticket as a regional host next week at the box. All right, it is uh, Locked on LSU, your team every day. We'll knock out a quick break when we come back. Trendon Watford, the five-star power forward who has now signed his paperwork with LSU. You'll hear from him about his decision to join the Tigers next. We roll along here, Locked on LSU, which is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. It's creative. Uh, Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Hotels.com. LSU basketball has been rewarded for their patience. Uh, Will Wade rewarded for his diligence in recruiting Trendon Watford, the five-star forward out of Alabama, a top 20 player overall in the country, and he let it be known on Monday that he will be a Tiger. Uh, first off, I'd just like to thank everybody for coming out here and supporting me and um, everybody you know, just who supported me over the four years of my academic career. Um, you know, I'd like to thank all my coaches, my teammates right there, you know, everybody who's just been in my corner and uh, you know, my teammates. Thank you all for pushing me you know, day in, day out just to become a better person and become a better player. Um, you know, I'd like to thank all the teachers you know, who pushed me inside the classroom, some over there, um, you know, just who made me a better person day in, day out. I'd like to thank all my coaches, Coach Buck, Coach Good. Thank everybody, you know, who's just made me a better player and, um, you know, just everybody who's spent time on me. And lastly, you know, I'd like to thank my family. Y'all been in my corner, you know, ever since. Ever since y'all has raised me and, um, you know, I can't thank y'all enough. I'd like to thank my brother. Thank you, bro. Without you, I wouldn't be in this position. Thank thank every other school who's recruiting me. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough decision, you know, one of the toughest decisions of my life. Now, lastly... Next year, I'll be attending Louisiana State University. There is just no way to overstate how crucial this is. Uh, obviously, Trendon Watford is a, a 6'9 power forward who can step back and shoot it a little bit. He is your replacement for Nas Reed, who's off to the NBA draft. Uh, that is the big body down low who can stretch a defense as well. Uh, he is a five-star, uh, a dynamic player that is start as a starter for you game one next season so uh, that's massive the other part of it too is the fact that it says just an awful lot about the perception of this program right now when you look at the wins over the last week or so with Nas Reed telling reporters at the NBA combine that there was no deal quote it didn't happen Uh, there was no deal uh, to bring him to Baton Rouge you get uh, Javante Smart returning, and he was another player that was amid uh, the Will Wade allegations, and he's saying, essentially, I'll come back to school, got nothing to hide. And now a five-star power forward out of Alabama uh, commits and signs with you. It indicates where the perspective is of uh, uh, and perception of LSU basketball. As a matter of fact, Billy Embody from Go247 had a chance to, to talk with Billy, and he followed Wat- Watford's recruitment as closely as anybody and this is what he said about the perception of LSU after Watford's commitment. I, I think it just comes down to relationships. I mean, it really does. And, and Trendon kind of said this in a way when we spoke at the McDonald's All-American uh, practices. He said, look, you know, Auburn had this cloud over him, and they just went to a Final Four. I mean, he wasn't really 
ever worried about, you know, allegations. There was more the uncertainty of what was Will Wade's future. And once that was settled, that really made up his mind. So I think it, it says it's okay to come to LSU. It's okay to, to commit to a program that you, know, you have a great relationship with a coach with. And, you know, even if something like this happens, rely on that relationship to help get you to the next level, to help you win championships and things like that. So I think that's what it came down to for Trendon. And I think that's why he ultimately made the tough decision to say, you know, a, a lot of people probably are going to say X, Y, and Z about this, but I'm going to go there anyway because it's where I want to be. As for Watford himself, he was a guest on uh, Off the Bench with Jordy Collada and T-Bob Bear Tuesday morning, and he spoke directly about you know, the assurances that he had with Will Wade and with the LSU Athletic Administration. Oh, uh, it was just, they just kept contacting us, and you know I know they had the athletic director behind them, and um, you know Will Wade and Coach Armstrong just you know just kept they just told, told me to trust them, and um, you know that's why I waited because you know I knew you know I knew I had a good feeling that um, you know that he was going to get reinstated, you know, he, and he did. Watford also said he expects the other three players uh, who had entered the the draft with Emmett Williams, um, Skyler Mays, and. Uh, Marlon Taylor, he expects all of them to return to LSU. Uh, says he has a really good relationship with Javante Smart. If you want to go listen to that full interview, you can. It's at 1045ESPN.com. The Trend in Watford interview, uh, just click off, off, on demand. You'll see under Off the Bench, Trend in Watford. If you want to hear the entire Billy Embody interview about the whole recruitment and the perception of LSU, that's all under the After Further Review page on demand at 1045ESPN.com. So for Will Wade and the LSU basketball program, the arrow is most definitely pointing up after the signing of five-star forward Trendon Watford. The one piece they're missing now is a rim protector. It's the it's the thing that they've got to go get to replace Cavell Bigby-Williams. Of course, uh, both uh, Andre Hyde and Cortese Cooper redshirted a year ago. Both of them will be available for LSU this year. Darius Days has returned. We now know that Javante Smart is back. You add Trendon Watford. You're expecting the other three guys that declared to return. Nas and Tremont we know are gone. But if you can add a rim protector to replace Cavell, then you are in a great spot just as you were a year ago where the baseline expectation for LSU is get into the tournament, see what your draw looks like, and see if you can go make a run. All right, it is Locked in LSU, your team every day. We'll knock out a break, come back, and we'll wrap up some uh, uh, tenuous moments for the uh, LSU football program Sunday into Monday. We'll share that with you as we wrap up next. Locked on LSU, your team every day. We are wrapping up another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. Got to talk about what happened over the last 36 hours with Kelvin Joseph. We'll get into that here in a second, though. But congrats to Zach Watson, Cole Henry, and Antoine Duplantis. Uh, those three LSU Tigers received all SEC recognition from the league office. Uh, Zach Watson named all defensive team. Cole Henry named SEC all freshman. And Antoine Duplantis was named to the second team all SEC. There's always the question of you know, who was snubbed, who was left out. It's it's so hard really to um, – you know, pull back the the layers on that because, man, if I always say, look, if you're going to take someone off or if you're going to put someone on, you got to take someone off. And I just don't know in a league like the SEC where there's so many good pitchers and so much good talent, how you justify, you know, taking guys off. Like I know there were a lot of Arkansas fans that were upset that that Isaiah Campbell didn't make first team All SEC as a starting pitcher. Well. 
the guys that made it were Ethan Small and Emerson Hancock. And Ethan Small was the SEC pitcher of the year out of Mississippi State. LSU fans saw Emerson Hancock out of Georgia, who had a, you know, a, a microscopic ERA sub one for much of the season. And the second team was TJ Sikama and Zach Thompson. Well, Zach Thompson's a lefty who throws 97, and Sikama's a lefty who's right there with him. And both those guys from Missouri and Kentucky had dynamic seasons. It's, you know, Isaiah Campbell was really good. He was a great starting pitcher this year for Arkansas, but. Who do you take off to justify putting Isaiah Campbell on? I mean, you could, you I think you could make a case for any of them, but uh, they were all all really really good this year. Um, you know, and then you look at you look at the fact that you know, Texas A and M, John Doxakis and Asa Lacy are, aren't on the first or second team All SEC. So it's tough when you start talking about those awards. But the bottom line is, uh, three Tigers were recognized. I think they're all deserving. And uh, congrats to to Watson Henry. Uh, and Duplantis for uh, for their All-SEC honors. Uh, as we wrap up here, just a quick catch-up if you happen to miss the situation, what happened with Kelvin Joseph. So on Sunday, uh, 247 Sports, Go247 reported Kelvin Joseph, LSU rising sophomore defensive back, had entered the transfer portal. Caught a lot of people by surprise. Joseph played a ton as a freshman and is a is a star. I mean, he's got, he's a future star player with more and more reps available to him. Now Greedy Williams out, obviously. There's a really good chance he could start or be part of that rotation with Christian Fulton and uh, and Derek Stingley Jr. So it came as a surprise to a lot of people to see that. Well, Brody Miller of NOLA.com, the Times-Picayune, spoke with Kelvin Joseph Sr. on Monday, who definitively stated he's not going anywhere, meaning his son, that he was returning to LSU, and that the issue had been rectified. Apparently, Kelvin Joseph was in uh, Florida, and ended up on stage with uh, NBA Youngboy, a rapper from Baton Rouge. And when he returned, there was video of it when he returned, apparently had a meeting with someone in the LSU administration. I presume that would be compliance. And that was without his father's knowledge or Ed Ogeron's knowledge, who apparently is vacationing in California right now. Uh, Kelvin Joseph entered the transfer portal after that meeting. Um, so something was said in that meeting that uh, miffed Kelvin Joseph so much that he figured it apt to to declare uh, or to enter the transfer portal and and leave LSU. Now, that's been rectified, uh, as we're told, and Kelvin Joseph is no longer in the transfer portal, and his dad said definitively that he's staying at LSU, and that's a great thing on the field uh, for LSU. But it also speaks to, in my opinion, a bigger lingering issue with LSU's administration from the from Joe Oliva's tenure, which was a disconnect at times from the administration, from compliance, and from uh, the coaching staffs. And that's got to be rectified under Scott Woodward to avoid situations like this. Uh, I, I'm I don't know that I'm at liberty to to spit too much about this situation because I certainly don't want to speak out of turn you know, for for different student athletes. They can tell their own stories, but ear to ground, you just hear enough about LSU's compliance and how how difficult it is at times um, for for student athletes and for coaches to deal with certain issues with compliance and. I, I'm not saying that your compliance needs to bend rules. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm also saying that there's there seems to be a lack of communication that has ended up in situations like this. And that's something, in my opinion, that needs to be rectified under Scott Woodward and as LSU continues to move through this new athletic administration. Because when you have a guy like Kelvin Joseph, who is a potential superstar, and it, you can just look at the optics and say, that guy entering the transfer portal without talking to his parents or his coach because of a meeting he had with someone in that administration, that's a problem. And whatever led to that point, 
that needs to be rectified moving forward. But the good news for LSU is Kelvin Joseph will return to LSU. Uh, I suspect he will play a lot of football as a sophomore in 2019, and he will be along with Derek Stingley, the superstar members of that secondary in 2020 before he's very likely an early entry into the NFL draft. All right, it's going to do it for us here on a, a Tuesday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast. Tomorrow morning, we'll recap LSU, South Carolina, and baseball, and hopefully previewing another day of baseball for the Tigers out in Hoover. Glad to have you aboard with us here. Have an awesome day. It's Locked on LSU, your team every day.